Welcome to the More Tea Vicar podcast from BNA Church in Bristol with Wayne Massey and James Stevenson. Um, at More Tea Vicar, we talk culture, theology, and life. Um, our aim is to um, help you follow Jesus in the world that you live in um, or to introduce you to what it might look like to follow Jesus in the world that you live in. And what we generally do is uh, we pick a topic that uh, we're interested in or that it seems everybody else is interested in and then have a go at applying it theologically. Now, today is the 10th of March. Uh, and so therefore, the hot topic is the Harry and Meghan interview. Um, so if we didn't, if we didn't go anywhere near that, we would uh, be lacking um, uh, cojones, as they might say, <laughs> in the Spanish speaking world. Um, but also, actually, if we felt that we couldn't go anywhere near it, it would say something about um, our understanding of, of the gospel um, applying into all situations. We've been thinking about this and we think there's a lot of themes that emerge um, from what is going on in the royal family in the UK at the moment. And, and so we're going to do... Um, with at least, he says, at least four. Isn't that right, James? So yeah, right. we, we are going to talk about, we're calling it the Crown Series. Um, uh, series seven. Series because, seven. Because this is the decade that they're not going to cover because um, series five would be, um, series four is the next, no, they've done series four, then series five, then um, series six. This is series six, seven. This is series seven or eight. Series seven. So you're, I'm playing Prince Philip and you're playing the Queen. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. so we're going to, on a serious note, we, we at least four episodes, we would like to talk to you in the coming weeks. Number one, about what happens when culture clashes. Yep. Uh, number two, uh, how uh, we talk about heroes and villains in the world that we live in now. Number three, um, victims and power. And number four, what goes on behind closed doors. What I want everybody to hear as we start is... Um, is there going to be things that you're going to wish we'd said that we haven't said? There are going to be things that we say that you might want to disagree with us. If if we're missing out on something you want us to talk about, let us know. If you disagree with us, let us know. Um, and, and these conversations are going to be nuanced. So so if we talk about stuff, it doesn't mean that we, we don't think something else, for example, as well. Um, so um, I don't know if I've made any sense then, but we're going to pick yeah, into this one. But, but we're, we're doing it because we want you to um, be able to... In, understand the the dynamics that are being played out um in a, in a public sphere so whether you're a christian or not we want you to hear um a christian understanding of the dynamics in play and um, but then also we want to equip you to to um contribute to conversations with others about these kind of issues confidently especially if you're if you identify as a follower of jesus to understand um the the kind of issues that that um, we as Christians pick up on um, when we watch um, this kind of thing. Okay, James, so why have we decided, so episode one, we're going to talk today about uh, culture clash. Why are we going to go for culture clash and not uh, the nature of monarchy, constitutional monarchy, or racism in the UK? Um, although we, uh, I would recommend our Colston episode on that one as well, if you want to hear us on that subject. But why culture? Um, so firstly, it's because there was a particular moment in the interview when um, uh, Prince Harry was talking um, where you could begin to see um, two cultures um, uh, forming the way in which he was speaking. So when he was talking about um, his interactions with his father and his brother, he spoke in terms and in tones that echoed um, his wife, Meghan. 
Um, but then when he was asked to identify the person who had made the um, allegedly made the racist remark about his son, um, he responded in tones and terms that were much more consistent with um, the British aristocracy. Um, so no, I'm, I'm not going to tell you about that and I'm never going to tell you about that. So within the context of an interview, which was, I suppose, a kind of a, a bearing all, or um, uh, expose of, of the, the conflict. There was something that was off limits and was dealt with in a very polite, understated way. And, and so in him, um, we could begin to see a clash between those two cultures, um, sharing lots, then not sharing um, a piece of information about which there has then been plenty of speculation subsequently. And why that makes a really good conversation is that actually culture clash is a really big theme. So lots of um, writers have highlighted that um, at the heart of the Brexit divide in this country is a clash of cultures. Yeah. Um, growing up, as I did in Ireland, actually Ireland is divided by, you know, is divided by mainly its culture, um, it, it, you know, different ways of seeing the world. Um there and that and there there is um you know you and I on one level you know if, if nobody has ever seen us before if you look at us we're very similar we're sort of you know both white university educated middle, uh, middle-aged men but actually because I grew up in a different country I, there's a different culture thing going on sometimes yeah. so so actually cult culture clashes is something that is live in society and um, the last American election uh, highlighted culture um, and differences um so James for somebody who doesn't let's, know let's just clarify culture is is best defined as the way we do things around here yes it, and it's not limited as would have been a long time ago to um race ethnicity tribe or even geography and um the the globalization of the world in the 20th and now the 21st century has even led to breakdowns of culture into subcultures um and and so those those clashes are going on constantly um, the other reason why we want to talk about it at this point um, is that it's not just that it appeared in Harry, it's that, that these clashes will appear in our own settings on a regular basis. They'll be played out on the me- in the media on a daily basis, um, and, and they may even be manifesting themselves in our own lives on a daily basis. And so understanding them is vital um, to, uh, to, to making sure that we can... Um, a- avoid some simple um, ways in which relations relationships break down. So, 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 so one way. So, culture can be summarised as you know, it's the ideas and the customs and the social behaviour um, that identify a particular people or society. And so, therefore, we can talk about there being a Bristol culture, yep. an English culture. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about there being a BNA, that's our church culture, and also there's a work environment culture. Um, and lots of thinkers on uh, on culture say that if you're going to make any change to any organisation or place, it's culture that is the yeah. hardest thing to change, and it's culture that will stop any any organisational detail change happening. As you said, it's, these are the way things have always been done. Um, so that's kind of like you know, so, so that's what culture is. It's and, and and actually we all need to own up that um, another way of thinking about it is somebody said we're all like fish in a tank, and culture is the water in our tank. Yeah. And so we don't recognise it until we come across somebody else's. Yeah. 
um, because it's the water that we swim in. So um, uh, let me give you a quick example before we move on. I have two friends, one, uh, one of them who is um, of Chinese origin, one of them who's North American. Uh, and uh, the, my friend who's of Chinese origin, she would talk about how her family was, you know, there was a high honor, respect of seniors, hardworking. And she said, and therefore kind of like, if there were any problems, n- nothing was ever really talked about. Or if it was talked about, it was talked about discreetly. Uh, she married a, a North American from um, a kind of half Italian, um, half, half Italian, half German family, but the Italian side kind of quite won. And so basically in his house, everything was um, talked about rather loudly and everybody was shouted at. Yeah. They would both say, interestingly enough, possibly in both environments, nothing was ever resolved. But she talked about the shock of going into this culture where everybody was just really loud and in your face and round all the time. And she thought presumed didn't get on, but that's not how it was. And what she had to realize was that their ideas, customs and social behavior was very different from the one that she'd grown up in. And so that's just a kind of family idea and that works itself all the way out. Um, So culture clashes, how did you, so you've talked about how you see them merge in the interview so so how so when we have cold clashes so when how how do they create relational conflict because of, as you just described we have different assumptions different expectations about how we're going to act um cues about communication pace of um communication um uh, aside from language um and um so it uh it, it's when you bring two cultures together um or even multiple cultures together it is um pregnant um, with the capacity for misunderstanding that then can lead to mistrust and then conflict um, and um, uh, so the English culture um, is um, perhaps distilled in a very particular way within the monarchy um, and um, American culture is um, distilled in a very particular way within um, uh, television or movie celebrity and so we have two parties who represent two particular distillations of two very um, different but related cultures and their different assumptions and expectations that are brought together in a marriage that then are reconciled within that marriage somehow but are set essentially within um, one of those two cultures uh, and so there is a struggle that's going on Um, And and people will recognise that from their own lives when um, perhaps they've uh, got married or they've started working in a particular setting or a different country. Um, They they will recognise that wrestling that goes on as people um, adjust to the way things are done around here. Um, So they are culture clashes uh, emerging life as as seedbeds for relational conflict. Uh, yeah, and, and as you said, like I'm thinking of a story like from I worked uh, in a place once where if somebody pulled you into a meeting and said, I'm so sorry, when you said to me, da, 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 I thought and then they'd say something else. And that was that was that was a way of knowing that you'd said the wrong thing and done the wrong thing and you should apologize. But it was a very gentle way of doing it. But you've, I was, you know, you, I picked up in that cause very clear that I've made a mistake here. And then I remember going somewhere else and having uh, somebody who done something wrong and sitting them down and going and I went I'm so sorry when you said to me I thought you meant this and 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 I waited for them to kind of go oh I'm so sorry boss and they just went well I I accept your forgiveness 
take your, no, I, I accept your apology. And I was like, sat there going, no, I've just told you to apologize to me. And, and I remember sharing that with you and you going, that's because in the culture, that's because you took one culture into another. Yeah. So as you can see, and so therefore I then ended up wound up at somebody who, because they, who I thought was apologizing at me, uh, who thought I was apologizing when I was very clear that they needed to apologize. You see? So yeah, that, that's how it works out. Now, we, we exist in a culture in this part of Bristol that would seek to lump all religions into the same bracket, and um, uh, which we would um, vigorously deny, um, because um, although there may be um, behavioural similarities in some aspects of life, there are vast differences between the worldviews that exist within those religions. And one of those comes to the fore in this particular issue because um, to a large extent um, uh, Islam, Judaism and Hinduism are far more um, uh, integrated into a particular culture and and a way of um, expressing those values and practices and behaviours that you alluded to earlier. So if um, I were to convert to um, Islam, which is not going to happen, but there will be certain expectations that I would fulfil behaviourally and culturally and um, that would mark out my life differently, visually and practically. Um, and, and that's because underneath it, there is a, a, a transition um, in the conversion towards particular cultural practices. Um, and the same would be true around Judaism and around um, Hinduism. Obviously, there are certain exceptions within more um, open aspects of those faiths, but the vast majority of those faiths as practiced come with an expectation of cultural homogeneity as the faith is practiced. Now, I would want to push you further than that on that one, though, and that basically go any system for organising people wants to create uniformity. Yeah. And so if you think about... Uh, post second world war western world and you think about the kind of mccarthy trials in the states there was a kind of there was there was a pull for a uniformity around what cultural issues and um, if you think about communism and and yeah. and, and uniform and, and actually interesting enough, if you think about the post um uh, christian liberal world in the west there is a push for uniformity that means that difference is pushed away so so there's a play at difference but actually you have to be equally liberal in all ways so actually all um human organizing systems faith-based and non-faith-based and there's an, another conversation around the role yeah. of faith in liberalism and post-modernity all create what um, some cultural commentators call a flattening a uniformity that removes the scope for difference um now now, and that's I think that's very hard. That is really hard to hear because we like to think that yep. we're all like we live in this world where we're all different. and We all tolerate differences. And someone like David Goodhart points, the writer points out that actually, no, we don't. We all live in our cultural uniform bubbles. Yes. Indeed. Um, and we do within the city of Bristol. And we do within the city of Bristol. But, but so that's the first thing to say is that, that all that all human endeavours to to create some form of unity lead to uniformity. Yes. Now, the Bible and Christianity does something different, we believe, around culture. And what is this, that, James? And, and this is really important. This, these aren't just theological points. Um, this is really important for the way in which we engage with people from other cultures. And so, so 
this is this is essentially how we avoid what's going on between Harry and Meghan and their respective families and their respective cultures happening in our own family settings and in our own workplaces. And because we know that they are not the only couple to have fallen out with other members of their families, this happens all the time. It's just that theirs happens to have been done in a very, very public setting. So um, we will- Yeah, uh, I, yeah I was gonna say, so anybody who's listening, and you're angry that they've gone to Oprah. I, I, on one level, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Actually, it's no different to somebody going and talking to Janice down the road. It's just that they happen to be in a situation where they, their friend will pay them millions to do it. And part, yeah. of their, part of their specific subculture within American celebrity life. Yeah. So, um, Now, what the Bible teaches us about culture is that um, Christ, Jesus Christ has made the two one Ephesians two he has broken the dividing wall between Jew and Gentile so in in the genesis of the church um, we have um, the, the the astonishing statement that actually the cross of Christ breaks down what divides humanity as well as what divides us from God so the sin that separates us from God and neighbour is paid for at the cross, which then means that as we as Christians live into the new covenant, into the kingdom of God, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to be one across cultural divides, as has not been the case since the dawn of creation or since the fall of man now there's a good and a really powerful point there is so for you as an englishman or be with danish heritage and for me as an irishman or be with english heritage is that in our acceptance of jesus paul says that you have been drawn into a new humanity and so therefore that becomes our primary identification Indeed. So it doesn't, it's a, our primary identification. And then it, what it does is once you see our cultures through the lens of the creation of humanity and God making everything in his image, but then the fall of humanity and its sin, and then its redemption in Christ, we are able to look at the cultures that have formed us and see that there are aspects of them that are good and godly and aspects of them that are not good and are less than what God would want for them and will not be a part of the new creation. And so what's happening when cultures clash is that there are aspects of what is good and bad on both sides coming up against each other. And we need Jesus um, to help us. But what we mustn't do is we mustn't deny the... um, the role that cultures have to play in the world so there are aspects of of stuff we can learn from other cultures that teach us about god that we don't understand so it is it is in in conversation with sudanese christians that i've learned about jesus in ways that i've not learned from conversations with english christians so yeah so 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 sticking with you and me for a second in that when we become Christians uh, our new identity in Jesus as, as as members of God's household becomes primary 
but what the Bible also teaches is that it's a high bar, not around, say, something like nationalism, but around ethnicity, yeah. that actually my Irishness and your um, Englishness haven't disappeared so that when the Six Nations comes around, we can happily sit on different sides. And we know that because actually the picture that um, John paints from Revelation of the End is um, after this I looked and before me was a great multitude that nobody could count from where every nation every tribe every people and every language and they all cried out in one loud voice salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne into the Lamb." and so the Bible has this really high view on ethnicity and on on difference within this new unity in this new humanity and that and so that's that's where it breaks out so you can say so 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 there's a uniformity that comes when we all step into faith in Jesus and that uniformity interesting enough is not centered around us all doing the same thing and being the same thing and following the same rugby team. It's centered around the cross of Christ. And therefore it's, it primarily works itself out. I would suggest at the communion table where we gather as one people. Mm. Um, but it also recognizes our differences, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, and it doesn't seek to sweep them away. As you said, some uh, religions would seek to do or some actually non-religious worldviews would seek to do so, so, so and that and, and that that's the radical nature of um of of what church is it, it you know and interestingly enough one of the reasons if you ever get to read corinthians is they're so messy as a letter is it's one of the communities that everybody says was kind of most um multicultural in that yes they were all greek but there were there were a whole range of people there from different sort of um, d- demographics from across the city trying to work out how to get on together indeed so if you were to if you were to look back to the interview um you can see the 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 brokenness of the distilled english culture emerges um as um as a particular form of national pride um might or might not have spilt over into racism and whether it did or it didn't um, anybody who understands that particular form of English national pride can see that there is a very short distance between that and racism at times. Hear that clearly. But you can also see on the other side, the brokenness of, of American celebrity culture plays itself out in, a, in almost an, a, them being immune to the relational damage of playing out um, uh, their disagreement on a global scale, because it's as if that that is a normal thing for people to do, as you alluded to earlier, and and those are um, examples of the brokenness of both of those distilled cultures clashing against each other, and everyone else beginning to form their their reactions to it from their own cultural assumptions. But what we must be doing as Christians is we must be coming to these clashes of cultures um, in our own lives and in other people's lives with the joy of Jesus, with his deep and profound joy, acknowledging our brokenness and, and our, um, our need for him and um, seeing in these moments a wonderful opportunity to discover more about ourselves and more about him and more about other people um, so that we, we come alive in those settings um, as a way that points to heaven. And pause there because I, something that's so and actually this is where the Jesus thing is so important because 
um, culturally across the Western world, the role that Oprah plays is she is the person that you go to for your atonement. So Lance Armstrong did the same thing. Other people have done the same thing. Is that is that actually when you need, you know, where <laughs> before Jesus, the Jewish people would have gone to the temple. Uh, you know, we, we go to Oprah. Um, you and I don't have the option to go to Oprah, but we go to Oprah and we, we share our pain, we share our story. And in that place of going before the high priestess of that particular way of doing things, we hope to find atonement, we hope to find meaning, we hope to find salvation. And, and what we know is that outside, of, you know, outside of Jesus, it doesn't work. And, and then other cultures go, well, we don't talk about it at all. And in not talking about it, we hope to find forgiveness and atonement and salvation. And outside of Jesus, it doesn't work. And, and so actually we can go, we can constantly, you know, so actually what we are seeing is different ways of handling um, sinful human behavior and not knowing quite what to do with it. And whereas we know that Jesus is always the answer, no matter what culture you find yourself in. Amen. Amen. So I think we're going to, we're going to do one next week, aren't we? Um, Heroes and villains we're going to have a go at. Yeah. Um, uh, we could have just started that one just then. Um, we almost spilt into it um, uh, when right at the end, um, uh, uh, Harry was, um, uh, it was said of Harry by Megan that he saved us all. So we'll leave that one for next time. Um, thanks for listening to Morty Vicar this week um, and our first episode on, on The Crown um, and Culture Clashes. We hope it's enabled you to um, think more about culture, theology and life and to follow Jesus.